Today's episode two of a three-part series with the Moshile Scholarship Foundation. In today's episode, we chat to Luando Melamane. Luando was raised by his mother in a township called Masipumlele in Fishhook in the Western Cape. Despite growing up in challenging circumstances, he managed to rise above the odds and matriculate with all distinctions in his subjects. He was then accepted by the Moshal Scholarship Program after applying through Incomfa Youth. Wando was fascinated by engineering and everything electronic. This led to him applying for a BSc in Mechanical and Mechatronic Engineering at the University of Cape Town. Today, he's doing his third year with a first-class cumulative grade average and has been included in the UCT Engineering Dean's list. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Young Professional African Edition with your host, Jonathan Rwanika and Shanil Mudli, equipping you with all the right tools to jumpstart your career in an African context by sharing experiences and spreading the gospel of information. With original music brought to you by Africa's own, Yuniel Badiachi. So Luando, where are you from and where did you grow up? Um, I'm from a place called Matikumelele. It's here in Cape Town. If you're in Cape Town, that is, I'm not sure where you're shooting from. So, but the place called Masi, it's uh, in a town called Peshuk. So that's where I grew up with my mother and, uh, and my brother. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so so I'm actually in Joburg. Jonathan's in, in Cape Town, but oh. I've, yeah, I studied there for some time. Um, so, so I'm familiar with, with the area. And um, are you still in Cape Town now? Where are you based? And what are you, what are you currently doing? Are you studying? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, I'm still in Cape Town. Um, I chose to go to city, which is quite close to home. Although I have to take like three taxis when I want to go back home, but it's, it's relatively close, relatively close. So I'm still here, although we're doing online learning. We are required to, to be around campus so that when they want to call us for some practicals and to submit some work or just to attend some sessions on campus which is something that's very rare but we do enjoy it because it's uh COVID has brought a lot of changes in the in, in our academics so having having those kind of things available for you it's uh we still enjoy them sometimes so yeah i'm actually still based in Cape Town. Right now, I'm in, I'm in Mowbray. I stay in one of these two residences, um, which is Forest Hill. Yeah. Okay, cool. I actually also used to stay um, nearby there when, when I was at Varsity. And um, <laughs> what, what are you... Sorry? Yes, yes. So I, was, I was also at UC, I was at UCT that side. So I used to stay at... Um, it was called The Nest. It was close to Lisbrick at the time. So it's actually quite close. Close-ish. <laughs> I don't know if you know it. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. And and what are you studying at the moment? All right, now I'm doing Bachelor of Science in Engineering uh, in Mechanical and Electronic Engineering, which was used to be called um, Mechanical and Electrical Engineering or some sort of Electromechanical Engineering. But they actually changed it to Mechanical and Electronics, which is just a mixture of um, Mechanical and Electronics. So, yeah. Okay. But it's more on the it's more on the mechanical side. Um, mechanical and mechatronics are actually offered by two 
the two faculties offered by the electrical department and offered by the engineering department. And the electrical department chose, chose the name Mechatronics. So the name Mechatronics couldn't be shared by the two um, departments. So my department, which is the engineering department, chose the name Mechanical and Mechatronics, which is, we have more mechanical based um, theory and they have more like electro electronical stuff. Okay, cool. And and how did you select your your study path? Like, what what motivated you? Because I know engineering is a tough field. So, what motivated you to to want to go into that? Um, it's quite it's quite a, a similar story amongst engineers. You know, do you know do you know the cartoons called um, it's very old cartoons called Gilbert, I think. Yes, yes, I do know Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. There's this story about Gilbert, like his mother taking him to the hospital to check um because Dubet has been like fixing stuff around the house some abnormal kind of stuff which is fixing stuff and being too too curious about electronics and technology and stuff and then whilst his mother takes him and then the doctor says Dubet has a neck which is basically being too interested in technology and wanting to fix everything like wanting to Keep your hands busy, basically. So that I saw myself in Dubai. Yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of kid I was back at home. So I didn't really fix some stuff. I actually ended up breaking some stuff. Um, but I was motivated by someone who said to me, "You need to break some in order to build a lot of them." So that kept me going. So up until the point I decided, no, I want to keep on like doing some stuff with my hands, working with computers, and design stuff and um, and solving problems. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed maths and physics. I just enjoyed engineering. Although maths and physics is in, in engineering, but I'm not too much on maths and physics. Um, so that's what caused me to get into it because I just enjoy technology and computers. And mechanical and mechatronics sounds like a mixture of the things I enjoy, which is mechanical stuff and also mechatronics, which has some programming in it. So yeah, okay, cool. Oh, that, that's really interesting. And I think, um, you know, what's nice and, and maybe we can segue into that is hmm. when we've got um, great minds and, and curious minds and aspiring, whether it's entrepreneurs, engineers, doctors, whatever it is, it's always good to have, um, you know, support in different ways, whether it's from the country or from private organizations. And um, actually where, you know, we got your details was through the Marshall Foundation. So tell us a bit about them. How did you actually connect with them? Because we haven't, or I haven't seen them around often, you know, there's no billboards with them and stuff. So how, how did you like connect with the foundation or did they find you? Did you find them? And what sort of support do they offer? Um, yeah, the Marshall Scholarship is not really advertised that much. Um, it's, mainly, it's mainly connected to students via some NGOs. So they connected, connected with me via an NGO called the Gamba Youth, which I attended after school and they helped me study and with my homework and all that extra education stuff. So that's how I got connected with them. Um, after, after my trip, I actually tried applying for a lot of bursary. Um, I realized that the things that our teachers told us, you know, when they said, if you pass very well, these buses will be fighting over you, which wasn't really true. 
at the time because I had to like fight for the bus like keep applying, keep applying, keep being denied and stuff. But what, when when I, I I didn't actually look for the Marshall Scholarship. It was actually suggested that I apply apply to it by the NGO that I was under, which is a company. So that's how I applied to the Marshall Scholarship. Um, but right now, I think I think that we can do like since since some of these NGOs are not really running as they as they used to. Like you can suggest like a person you know. Um, I don't think it's allowed to be like a family member or a friend or something. You can send them the the thingies, the application forms or or the link to the application so that they can apply. Um, it's not. The commercial scholarship is, is still small, I should say. It's, it's still small, so it can't accommodate a lot of students. Um, it's their goal that they try to save as much as they can from each financial year so that they can like um, find more students to come here. So, so yeah, I actually go through them via companies. Okay, and tell us a bit about the, you know, the application process, because as you said, you filled out a lot of applications for the different bursaries like many of us did. Um, back in the day when we when we were all applying, so what yeah. was it different? Was it quite similar? What was that application process like, and what did they really look for um, when they when they were selecting? I, I can't say it was it was different or, or similar to any other because they were like the, at the time the only buses that actually paid attention to my application. So the the only similar thing I, I know is that the application form. Most bursaries have the application form, and that's the similar thing I should say. And then what followed after the application form, after my, my, my application was accepted, they invited us for, for some meetings with some psychologists in order to really understand us and where we come from. Because to, to, to be selected as a martial scholarship recipient, you have to be coming from a disadvantaged background, I think, or a challenging background. Um, in some way or another. So yeah, they actually invited us to, to talk to some psychologists and in order to really understand us. And then after that, actually, I don't know if you get accepted for that. I think they just tried to understand you at that point. And then there is another step, which is the induction week, where they actually take you to some sort of game reserve or they just take you out to some camp where you just get there to some Team building activities with the other the other applicants. You do some team building activities. They get to know you more, and they actually take you into a serious interview there, where they really get to know you, where you come from, your values, um, your challenging background, or the kind of person you are, which is like um, a serious interview. So yeah, and then after that, that's when they decide whether to take you or not. Because okay. there are people I know I met with, but now they're not around. So yeah. the, the donor selection. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And and do you think so? You know, I I know with myself sometimes, um, and I'm sure maybe you've experienced this in different ways. But if you're applying for a job interview and an interview goes badly, right, and mm-hmm. you know that that interview, um, the point of that interview was for the interviewer to get to know you, but just because of timing or whatever it was, you didn't give off your best self in that interview. 
Did you think that the way that they did their interviews or their application process, it gave people a chance to actually um, show them best selves? Like, was there more than one opportunity to really show who you are? Or do you think it is possible that like, you know, sometimes we, we miss things out during this, this application process and it's something that we can learn from as whether it's a foundation or an employer or whoever it is? Um, the motion scholarship interviews, it was one of the most comfortable interviews I've been in. Um, so it was actually outside, like my interview was under a tree, like literally outside under a tree. So we were just spread out in the, in the camp we were in, we just went outdoors and then there were tables set in random spots. And then we just sat down and then had interviews with like two model, uh, I don't know what to call them, or coordinators or something. Um, so it was very comfortable because for me at that time, I was coming from a government school from my township, Maskumelele, where we mostly talked Kosa. And I wasn't very comfortable with English, so my English wasn't very up to par, I'd say. So they actually, they actually allowed me to talk Kosa because one of the ladies was, was you, so she could sort of understand person. So that made it very comfortable for me and allowed me to re-express myself, express where I come from, express the kind of person that I am and what I want to be in life. And yeah, um, uh, I'm just grateful for that because besides that, I think I wouldn't have been able to really let them know who I am. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think that's such a great, um, a great, great thing to point out how comfortable language makes us um, and yeah. enabling yeah. us as a, a country where we speak 11 different ones to, to feel comfortable yes. speaking you know, our, our home language. Um, another thing you spoke about now is explaining who you are and what you want to be. So now that you're nearing sort of the end of your studies, do you know what type of career you'd, you'd like to get into or, you know, what sort of, well, what, what your five year or the next five years might look like for you, uh, once you once you graduate? Um, the Motion Scholarship has been offering some career guidance to us. Um, they keep having Zoom meetings with us just to discuss our careers. And for me, I'm ashamed to say that I'm still like um, keeping my options broad. Like I don't want to tie myself to a specific option saying that I want to pursue a career maybe as a professional engineer or, or GCC, like basically like like straight GCC or something like that. But yeah, I'm still doing a bit more research on it and then trying to figure out my options out there. And also considering like postgraduate studies, um, keeping in mind the, the, the kind of background that I come from, which is, which is kind of compelling me to, to go for an option that would yield like income as soon as possible. Because yeah, it's really needed in the background that I'm coming from. Um, but I've been interested in professional engineering and GCC. Um, GCC is, it means government uh, uh, certified, something like that. But when you work as a GCC, well, when you have the GCC, that means you can work in some sort of plant or you can work in a, in a factory where you supervise people and you check the, the way they work. So you don't really do the kind of engineering stuff you think you do like when you're still in first year second year and all that stuff so there is just basically managing people managing projects and making sure that safety resolution resolution 
uh, making sure that safety is adhered to. Um, and then when it comes to professional engineering, like PRM, it's it's kind of long. It it, it, it takes it takes some time and it takes some 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 cash as well because you, you need to keep paying for some stuff. Um, so I've been I'm very interested in the in the in the in being a professional engineer. It does sound more challenging because it means I'd have to to do more of the stuff I studied at school. So I'd have to do it and go deeper into it, which is the the, the maths I've learned in school, the physics I've learned in school, all the science stuff I've learned in school. So, but when it comes to GCC, it's just managing people and learning a few extra skills, which is I'm sure we need to learn a few extra soft skills as well in order to work with people better and communicate with them better. Um, yeah, so GCC seems to be like um, a more viable option for me right now. And then after that, I, I think I'll just consider what else to do when I'm financially stable. Um, so yeah, um, I think I think uh, I'd rather pursue a career in 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 um, in management, yeah. Just, okay. Just, just manage people in the factory or or some sort of plant or something. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. And I think one of the, the points that we always um, drive home or talk about on the podcast is the element of mentorship. And I think this is especially true for someone in your position where you, you know, you, you're not really sure. I remember, like, this, you hear, like, about certain jobs, but you don't actually know what they actually do, like, every day, you know. Um, until you until you get into the working world and you start doing it. And that's why mentors are so important because you can get a mentor who can really guide you and tell you these are the sort of things that you'll be doing in this career and this career. So from a mentorship point of view, does the Moshal Foundation offer anything to you to help make these decisions that you're, you're currently dealing with? Or is it more of what you said where it's like, listen, we've connected you with these companies, these are the jobs that are available um, and we can potentially help you get through that um, to, to set up that as an interview, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is there any formal mentorship program with the Marshall Foundation? Um, we do have mentorship programs for first years. People are just coming into the Marshall Scholarship and the, the varsity. Um, but for us, as people who are about to go into the working world, we, we don't have like mentors for each person but we do get some sort of mentorship. Um, being in terms of uh, an initiative Marshall just started this year, which is called First Thursdays, where we have a Zoom meeting every first Thursday of each month um, for each different department, which is engineering, um, economics, and law, business, whatever you're doing. So you just you are just grouped with those particular students, and then you will go into a Zoom meeting with a, a professional or someone who knows a bit more about um, the, 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 the kind of work you might be going into. So, so yeah, that's, I, I would say that's some sort of mentorship because it really does provide some perspective of what lies ahead of the university. Okay, that's, that's really interesting. And another thing is I know like different organizations or you know, when, they, when they award bursaries, they typically, um, they, they, they typically influence your decision in terms of, you know, they've, they've got certain connections to certain companies and that obviously helps you get into those companies. And that's, that's already influencing the industry that you'd go into or the 
field that you go into and those sort of things. Do you think at a, at a higher level, the, the Moshal Foundation, do you know if they, if they encourage entrepreneurship in any way? Has that ever crossed your mind to, to start something um, by yourself? Or is that something where you're like, let me, let me first get, because my view, honestly, when I started was, let me first get stable income, sort myself out, and then later on in life, um, you know, start my own thing. But, but what, are, what are your sort of thoughts around that? I wouldn't say Marshall Scholarship does encourage us to start our own businesses. They're more focused on getting a stable job, like as you like your 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 nine to fives kind of stuff. Um, but there are some Marshall um, scholars who are actually starting their own businesses and they're actually doing well. Um, and yeah, Marshall Scholarship and then the Marshall Scholarship does support you in a way because. They do help us improve our soft skills, like the extra skills you need for those kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, I would say they do not really pay much attention to like um, entrepreneurship. Okay, cool. And and that's you know that's fine. I think it's it's great to encourage um, stable careers as well. But as we progress, I think at some point mm-hmm. most of us, uh, especially if you're if you're younger, you get tired of working for someone all the time. So, so that's why, you know, that, that question, often when we speak to um, younger people, they always say, I eventually want to do my own thing. So it's interesting to hear a different perspective as well. Um, and, and what have been some of the, the best aspects about the foundation for you in terms of, you know, the overall experience right now, because you're, you're nearing your final year of studies. And I think like a follow-up question would be, what are the, what are the things that you think they could most improve on? Um, so, you know, maybe the next batch of people you'd hope that they can do better in X, Y, and Z. Um, the Marshall Scholarship has been very supportive. I wouldn't say just for the year 2020, like from first year, they've been very supportive. But especially in 2020, that's where I experienced like um, their support mostly. Like that's where I realized how much they supported they were. Um, so back at home, we, we were sent back at home during the year 2020 because Corona just broke up. Um, and that's where I realized the kind of support we have at Marshall, where they kept on checking up on us. Um, uh, not, not just checking up on us by writing emails to us, um, like automated emails or whatever. It's, it's a kind of place where you feel part of a family instead of part of a, just a number. Because they actually went through Zoom calls with each and every one of us during that time, and um, just to see what we need, just just to see how we're doing. And I did need some help from them because I couldn't really be staying and studying at home. So they did provide some a place for me to stay, a place for me to stay. And they they didn't just end there; they just kept on checking up on me. They kept on supporting me to to that difficult time. And yeah, that's that's what I I would say is the highlight for me. Like that's I just felt very really grateful for, 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 for being part of the Marshall Scholarship. Um, what I think they could improve on is as, as a Marshall Scholar, you need to to pay for it. You need to pay for it. It's one of the Marshall values. Marshall values are you need to work hard. You need to be perseverance, you need to have integrity, respect, and you need to pay for it. So paying it forward is you either pay forward in the in the Marshall scholarship, like to other to the other recipients, whether people who are coming in or people who've been in it, 
or you can just pay for it in your community. Or, and then when it comes to paying for it, it actually goes, no, no, it doesn't really go against my values, but what goes against my values is after you paid it for you need to report to the marshal authorities. Like I have done this and in that for those people, which doesn't really sit comfortable with me. So, but what I like about marshal is that they do not force you to, 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 to do it. They do not force you to do it. But once you've done it, you have, you, you must report to, to them that whatever you've done or where you've done it, but you're not forced to do it. So that doesn't really feel comfortable with me. What doesn't really feel, what doesn't really feel comfortable with me is the fact that like after you've done something good for someone, you report it to them because it goes against my values. Um, I am, as part of integrity, which is honesty and having values, I have values as a Christian myself, which is after you've done something good, you don't you don't let everyone know what you have done something good for that person or, or this person or whatever. So I feel like um, they should specify that you can pay for it, but you don't have to tell us if you don't feel comfortable with it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Professional African Edition. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to the show on Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, give us a like and a follow. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YP underscore Africa. That's YP underscore Africa. And if you've missed an episode, don't stress. You can catch up on our YouTube channel, YP underscore Africa. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. That's it from us, guys. See you next week.